Welcome back to the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast, where every two weeks I sit down with great realtors and learn about their journey to success. Today, I'm super excited to chat with Gerard Gray, a rising star in the South Shore area of Boston. Gerard's passion for real estate was ignited when he started learning about financial literacy. Intrigued by the industry, he pursued his license and has been assisting buyers and sellers in achieving their real estate goals for the past six years, full-time for two. While Gerard may be new to the game, he's already making major progress, consistently closing at least 10 deals per year. He credits his success to his customer service experience and dedication to educating his clients. His approach is all about being informative and making sure his clients have a solid understanding of every aspect of the transaction. Gerard is also very active on social media, using his platform to connect with his audience and grow his business. And while he does admit to being on the shy side, he's learned to come out of his shell and thrive in this industry. So without further ado, let's dive into it. Gerard, welcome to the podcast today. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? I'm super excited to have you here. Gerard and I met a couple years ago. We were on a boat coming back from Thompson Island, and I don't know, it was like there was you know, this magnetism. I was like, he's sitting by himself. I'm going to go talk to him. I don't know him yet. Um, and I sat down next to you and I think we laughed like belly stitch laughed for the next 45 minutes of that boat ride. We did. We did. Cause you're so much fun to be around. Yeah. It was all about the, uh, what was it? The butt text? The butt texting. <laughs> yes. Cause he had butt texted a top agent in his office and I could not stop laughing about it. And, um, B Murphy, that was the agent that he texted. She was on the podcast a little while ago. So B shout out to you for accepting all the butt texts from Gerard. I love it. So Gerard, let's dive into when you started in the business mm -hmm. and what kind of piqued your interest about real estate and why was it kind of important for you to get into this industry? Yeah. So I started, uh, what is it, about six years ago now. Uh, in May will be six years I got licensed. Yeah. Uh, and I got into it because I started learning about financial literacy. I was at a job where uh, I was mostly like, just trying to figure out how do I get to that next level towards my goals, my financial goals and things like that. Uh, so through learning about like how money works, what's ways of building wealth. And I knew that one of my goals was to buy a house myself. I was like, let me look into this a little bit further and just seeing how real estate can change people's lives. Uh, I realized it was like, this is something that I want to learn about. I want to spread the information. So I, did my classes, literally, what is it? Here in Massachusetts, we need 40 hours of uh, class. Yep. And then the test. I literally did all 40 hours in four days. Wow. That's dedication right <laughs> Over there. Over two weekends. Wow, that's crazy. And um, and then I took the test. Great. Uh, thankfully, I passed on the first try. I mean, you had that all that knowledge just like right there. Just sitting there. Just sitting there. And um, from there, I was just like, now that I have this, I want to spread that knowledge out to other people. Um, and I was able, my very first client was my sister and I helped her oh, buy fine. her house. So it was like very close to home. I did it with a purpose and I've just been keeping, I just kept going from there. So what was the company that you were working for and what were you kind of learning about, you know, you know, financial literacy and like trying to be, you know, establish financial goals for yourself? Like what were some of the things that you were doing there? Yeah. So I was really looking more at like, um, there was like, I fell into like a YouTube hole of financial literacy stuff, which took me to uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yes. And then, so I listened to that on um, Audible while I was like working or doing whatever. 
Uh, and then that even took me a little bit further into like that hole. And so I was like, okay, well, at this point right now, it's just the fact that I need to, I was making an okay salary. Yeah. I was like, I need to somehow supplement that. And so I went into real estate part-time at that time. And did you think, I'm just going to do this part-time forever, just have it as a side hustle? Or did you think at some point I'm going to do it full-time? I w at that time, I was hoping at some point I would get to be able to do it full-time. It was just a matter of this, once again, this was six years ago, trying to figure out how I get from point A to point B. Yeah. So when did you start to think, hmm, I think I could do this full-time or maybe I want to try? Um, so that was probably at the end of my first full year, mm. I was just like, oh, this is the kind of money that I can make from yeah. doing this. And if I had the time to consistently do that, not only could it take over from my regular income that I was making at that time, but I could go so much further. Yeah. Yeah. And you were working a nine-to-five, technically. I was. I was so, a supervisor for an entire team, so it felt like my job never stopped. Yeah, so you were not nine-to-five. You were really, like, putting in hours after the, yeah. after the day, too. So you were kind of already used to the hours of being an agent. Yes. So that makes sense. And you want to, at that point, when you're already working that many hours, mm -hmm. you want to get paid for all those hours that you're working. Exactly. And have more control. Yep. So that makes a lot of sense. So tell me what were your fears at that time of like jumping in full time? So my biggest fears were, what if I don't get a sale for a couple months? Yeah, self-doubt. Uh, yeah. I was like, I, I would love to have a closing every day, every week. Like that is the dream, but it doesn't always work out that way. Of course not. So I was like, what do I do in order to make sure that if that happens, if I go full time, that I'm going to still be okay? Because I didn't want the pressure to be on my partner. I didn't yeah. want the pressure to be on my family to try to help. Yeah. Like, financially, that is. I'm, I like to try to be as independent as possible. Yeah. Um, so that was my biggest fear was, like, coming up short at some point. And when did you buy your first house? I bought my house in 2020. So you're buying a house in 2020 and then trying to make this whole real estate thing work full time. That's mm -hmm. also got to be a little challenging and scary. It is. It is. But through real estate, like the money that I used in order to purchase my house literally came from me selling houses myself. Yep. So it was like, okay, this is amazing. Like this allowed me to take a giant leap. And because of the timing <laughs> at that point, yeah. um, I feel like I was very lucky to get the house that I did. Yeah. Um, and I did it in the proper steps because it was, uh, what is it? I was still working, quote unquote, Full part time. time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I, I was dual career. I'd like to say it that yeah. way yep. better because yep. there's no such thing as a part time no. agent. No. Um, so I was able to get into that house move out from um, our rental that we were in, and I was paying less money at that time than I was for a smaller rental. Yeah. So that allowed me to also, like, rent out rooms in my house Yeah. and be able to have some kind of supplemental income so that I could make the move into full-time. So smart. So once you made the leap into full-time, mm -hmm. was it also still a little scary? Like, what were some of the things that you were thinking in the beginning, and were you able to kind of overcome and kind of catch your footing and be like, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. So it took a lot of preparing. Yeah. It wasn't just about my house and then I quit my job. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. No, that didn't, that didn't happen that way. Um, 
So thankfully, because uh, here at Lamakia, the brokerage yeah. that I work at. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can at, say Lamakia. Okay. It's okay. Well, It'll be in the at. show notes that you work here anyway. It okay. doesn't matter. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here at Lamakia, we have success guides. Yeah. And I'm very thankful for mine because... I should have probably come over to the company much sooner than I did. Yeah. Uh, but she was able to help me with coming up with a plan. She was like, what is important to you mm-hmm. in order to make sure that you can make that leap? Yeah. And I was like, I need to make sure that I'm financially okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because what if things don't work out the way that I expect them to? Um, so we came up with a plan together. And once I had, for me, everybody's re- uh, everybody's, um, safety, sense of safety yeah. is different. Yeah. Mine was financial wise. Once I had X amount in the bank, mm-hmm. I was able to feel comfortable making that leap. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now you're able to kind of ease into it. Yep. And you had someone that was a cheerleader for you. Yeah. It was Mackenzie, right? Yes, it was. She's the best. <laughs> um, love you, Mackenzie. Uh, so tell me about how you were able to kind of balance, you know, getting into real estate, doing it more full-time, and still have a little bit of time for yourself. Because I think a lot of agents have a challenge with this. Mm -hmm. How do you turn it off at the end of the day? Or do you have an end of the day? Or do you just turn it off at different times during the day when you're like, I need to have some me time right now? Like, how do you balance all of that in this crazy business? So, like you know, our job isn't like a nine-to-five. Anything can happen. Yeah. But something that I feel like I learned from my previous job uh, was that if it's urgent, then it needs to be addressed right then and there. Yep. Otherwise, it's something that can be addressed the following day yep. when I'm back on working time. Yeah. Uh, so normally what I'll do is around, around like seven-ish, that's when I kind of like shut down for the day yeah. unless it's something that is urgent that needs to be addressed. Otherwise, if it's something that's, that really can't be addressed until the next morning, I'm like, okay. And I set those expectations with my clients clients up front. Like, hey, listen, I'm available. After a certain time, feel free to call. Well, text me. Or if you call, leave a voicemail. And if it's not truly urgent, I will get back to you first thing in the morning. And when I say first thing in the morning, my day starts around 530. (laughs) So I'm like. So I love when people go, well, you can call, we can meet in the morning or we can meet early or you can call me early. And I'm like, what's early for you? Yeah, because early for me is usually earlier than most people. Yeah. 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 Some um, people early might be nine. Yeah. 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 So I like to like try to get up and like have some me time in the morning yeah. and handle things that are not like phone related yeah. um, before people actually really start their days so that yeah. I can actually be fully attentive. But I do. I have a stop point. Um, and then after that, I'm like, this is my time for the rest of the night. Yeah. And whatever is non-urgent that may have come up, we address it in the morning. I think it's so important that agents understand that they don't have to be 24-7. Yeah. Like, take some time for yourself. And you know what? We just kind of joked about this. Whenever you take a vacation, mm-hmm. your phone blows up. Yep. So, like, it's important to take that time, and it'll help your business grow. It will. <laughs> it will. I, um... I love it whenever I go on a vacation. Yeah. Because the moment I go, I'm getting on a plane... Every my phone. Everybody blows wants up. to go look for houses. Yeah, I'm like, well, can't look for houses. It's or it's usually, well, I want to meet with you to go over the process, and I'm like, okay, well, I will be back on Tuesday. Yeah. So we can meet Wednesday or any time after that. Yeah. You should just have pictures of like getting on a plane. I'm gonna start doing that. You can that. just post. Yeah. yeah. Do it. That's a great <laughs> strategy. 
So tell me, um, I know what's also important to you is being in the office because I see you posting all the time that you're in the office or you do a lot of your social media, you know, filming and things like that in the office. You're working with other agents in the office. Why is it important to you and why do you think that other agents should be really focused on being in an office environment? I, for me personally, I love being in the office because the way that my brain works is I could work from home. We all, like, it's 2023. We can all, like, we have laptops, we have home offices, yada, yada. But what that does for me, and I noticed this during the pandemic, is I need human interaction. Yeah. And I learn a lot better when I'm more immersed in the subject. So listening to other agents around the office um, or even our admin, like, talk about certain deals and what's going on helps me navigate my business. Yeah. Um, And then also I can just go to them and, like, use them as a sounding board or uh, share ideas. And that's why I feel like it's so important to be in the office. So. Monday through Friday, that's where you can usually find me yeah. if I'm not on an appointment. I know. I yeah. showed up, like, ad hoc one day in the office, and you were so mad at me. You're like, the one time I'm not here. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, do I think I was doing a co-working stream or something. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. why the one day? The one day. <laughs> and it's true. You're in the office all the time. And, you know, those consistent habits yeah. lead to success. So it makes sense that you would do that, and that's awesome. And then, yeah, you build a lot of relationships with the agents in your office. And on top of that... You'll have more opportunities for leads and call-ins and things like that. So that also is helpful. Um, So talk to me about uh, social media. Because, again, when I first met you and we sat down, you literally told me, you're like, I'm kind of shy. And I could tell because, like I said, you were kind of standing, you were totally comfortable in that group of people that there was a ton of people to be there by yourself. Mm -hmm. And that seemed like a comfort zone for you. So I am sure that in real estate, you've had to push yourself outside of that comfort zone a little bit. So talk to me about that because there's a lot of agents that might be listening to this. That they're, like, they're like, maybe I can't cut it in this business because I am shy, mm-hmm. like inherently shy. What are some things that you've done to kind of get yourself out of that and to, you know, push yourself past it a little bit? Yeah. So my, how do I put this? I feel like I am an extroverted introvert. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes, that's exactly what you said to me that day. And so my natural state is I'm perfectly fine sitting by myself yep. doing my own thing. Yep. But I'm thankful that I have the ability to turn it on when I need to. Yeah. But if I'm in a group of people that I don't know, it's a lot harder to do that. Yes. Um, so the way that I normally kind of go about it is... I, for one, <laughs> I always cross my fingers and hope that there's a familiar face yeah. because that usually leads to me making more connections. But sure. over time, the more I become comfortable with uh, people in my surroundings, uh, it's a lot easier for me to at least walk up and say, hey, how have you been? Yeah. And then that just opens it up for me to meet the people that they know and then to meet the people that those people know. And so sometimes you just have to like kind of swallow it. Yeah. And just go for it and just say, at least say hi. Yeah. And, you know, it helps to have that one or two people that you know, mm-hmm. but sometimes it helps to just like walk up to people and then you, and then you start to build the connections like, oh, you work, Hey, do you know so-and-so like, and you can start to kind of, you know, have some more deeper conversations with people that you don't necessarily know, True. but it takes courage. It takes courage, especially when you do have that introverted side of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I consider myself to be very extroverted, but there's even times where I'm in a crowd and I'm like, oh gosh, 
it's a social situation. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's uncomfortable for anybody. Um, but yeah, you definitely have to be more extroverted in this business and you have to work to overcome it for sure. You do. You and do. some of the ways that you've also overcome that is by being more present in, on social media. Yes. Um, I think that makes you more approachable. I think it makes people get to know you where mm -hmm. maybe in a social setting, they wouldn't get a chance to get to know you as deeply because of the shy side of your personality. So talk to me about your social media strategy, why you do it, why you think it's important and how you've overcome a little bit of the fear of being on social media too. Yeah. So the way that I like to use social media is to try to be as informative as possible. Also showing my personality uh, because yeah, you can spit facts at people all day long, but at the same time, it helps for them to see at least a bit of who you are. Me, I love to laugh. I love comedy. I just like to be goofy. Yeah. And so you'll see on my page like a mix of, okay, well, this is how this works within the industry. But then you also might see me uh, lip syncing and dancing to something love a little bit goofy. Videos. I love them. <laughs> They're the best. And what that has helped me with, even with like my shyness, I'll go to an event and somebody that I've never met in person walks up and goes, I love your videos. And we talk about that. So yeah. it's not me having to go out of my way to find somebody to talk to. I just walk by somebody and they're like, hey, Gerard. And I'm like, hi. How do you know me? <laughs> from Instagram. I'm like, oh. And then we kick off a conversation from there. That. And it's just wonderful. Yeah, that's awesome. So how do you come up with the content? How do you come up with what you're going to lip sync and what you're, what you're going to plan? Like, do you plan it? Or do you just kind of go after it each video? And what's your strategy? So whenever I'm like on Instagram and I'm just scrolling through videos, as we all do, I save and I bookmark and Instagram allows you to put those videos that you save or bookmark into folders. Yep. And so I put them in my content idea folders. Love it. And then when I'm ready to go make something, I go, what am I feeling today? Mm. Am I feeling goofy? Am I feeling informative? Did something happen this week that I feel like people need to know about? Mm -hmm. And then... I go from there and I try to post as often as possible, working on getting that set schedule of doing that, yep. but it's often enough that it just doesn't go stale. Yeah, and yeah. do you have to like do multiple at a time? That way you just have things ready to post or do you just do it one off, post it, move on with the rest of your day and then the next day come up with another idea or do you kind of time block and do it in chunks? Um, it all depends on the day. So sometimes if I'm like feeling really creative, I'll batch out like three or four of them. Yeah. And they'll just be sitting in my drafts. Yep. Uh, if it's something where it's just like a one-off, like, you know, I need to do this. I'll just go into the office. You've seen the ring light Yeah, the yeah, office. yeah. He's got a nice little ring light in the office. I went into the office and I saw the ring light and I'm like, this has to be Gerard's. <laughs> and so I set that up. I do my video. And when doing them, uh, I don't like the way that I sound. I don't like the way that I look. But Everyone has those feelings about themselves. But I put it in my head that I was like, people look at me already. People hear me already. Nobody's ever said, oh my God, I can't stand to look or hear you. Yes. Or hear you. No one would ever say that. Oh my, if they did, I'm like, just unfriend me and keep it just, moving. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and that's what they would do. Yeah. So what's the worst thing that happens? Someone unfriends you because they they're not going to buy from you anyway. Exactly. So I just do it. Um, I try not to uh, make too many like, individual takes yeah it's just one long video and then i just chop the pieces that i need out of it and then put it all together and it looks good 
Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. And um, you always have a, a little fun twist to it, but you need to laugh more in your videos. You have one of my favorite laughs. You You're trying to make it now, now he's going to have like silent laugh on the podcast, but like he has the great, it's the most infectious. I love, I love your laugh. You need to do more videos where you laugh. Um, so you post up the videos, mm-hmm. you batch out the content and you do whatever you're going to do. And then what have you seen from it? Have you had meaningful conversations? Do you follow up? Do you engage with people? Like how do you actually get business from your Instagram channel? Yeah. So I've seen, um, people just interact and go and thank you for saying that I didn't know this information and then me responding to them. I've even gotten a lead from it where it was, um, they're a friend of a friend. So this one friend, he shared it on his page onto his story and then their friend saw it, requested me and I was like, okay, yeah, we're friends now. And then messaged me and said, hey, me and my partner have been looking to start buying a house. And I was like, how did you find me? Yeah, how did this happen? <laughs> and so I was just like, okay, well, it, it, I'm not saying that, like, that's the only reason that I do it. I yeah. want to get the information out there, but it feels so good when it, you see it being seen. Yeah. And people actually do reach out. It makes them feel a little bit more comfortable to at least, like, yeah. reach out to you and ask you a question. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, that's what you're doing it for. Yeah. You want to educate and then attract people to you and mm-hmm. then have them reach out to you. But I'm sure you've had people too that maybe they haven't mentioned the videos, but that was a part of it, yeah. you know, because they've been watching you for a period of time and then they email you or they, you know, there's definitely more people that have come to you for sure. So what kind of groups of um, buyers and sellers have you worked with or buyers specifically have you worked with? Is there a specific group? Do you kind of have a range of people that you work with from all kind of over different demographic, you know, areas, or do you kind of tend to have a specific group that you work better with? So I kind of work, I try to work with anybody that I feel is a good fit. Um, But I mostly work with first time home buyers. Awesome. And I enjoy that so much because they, it, most of the time, it's somebody who felt like maybe they couldn't do it, yep. um, and they just need the encouragement and the the first starting of the building blocks in order to yep. get there. And then they realize, oh, this is achievable. And seeing somebody go through that, uh, I I've been through that with family. Yeah. Um, I uh, am one of the board committee members for my old elementary school. Yeah. And so I had put on a first time home buyer, uh, like workshop or info session for them and like the families. And just from that, I helped two generations. Wow. It was um, a parent and then their parents. So the child's yeah. grandparent. Yeah. Um, no, actually three, I'm sorry. Wow, I just, three generations. <laughs> I just realized it was, um, it was the child's parent their grandparent and then their great grandparent. Oh no all way! All help with stuff, and I was oh, able wow. to help them with just all their real estate needs. Yeah. And, and that's all different levels yeah, at that point. Yeah. So it's just like. It must be nice though working with the first time home buyers because you were so close to that too. Because yeah. it, it was you, and you see yourself in that. Mm-hmm. You were so recently in that same boat, you know. Um, and you're. It probably has a better payoff to you. It does. It does, because it's not just a transaction. You're truly helping people get to where they want to be. And I think that sometimes you really just need somebody that believes in you. Yeah. And 
it's a lot of pep talks. Yeah. I was going to say, one of my questions that I was actually going to bring up to you today is, you know, real estate is very emotional. Mm -hmm. It's very emotional for the clients and it's very emotional for you guys. And you guys sometimes are acting like therapists. Yeah. So how do you navigate some of that? How do you try to not let the emotions overtake you as far as like getting too involved, mm -hmm. but at the same time, keeping them calm, getting them to understand that this is part of the process. Like what are some of the tactics that you use to keep the emotions in check? Empathy. Yeah. Just a lot of empathy. Um, just as like a story. Yeah. Uh, I, one of the people that I help, they really wanted to do it all on their own. Mm -hmm. And they had been divorced and really wanted to just do everything on their own. Yeah. But they needed some help. Yeah. And it took a conversation of, listen, I want you to get this home. You know that you can do it on your own once you get in there. But just to get to this point, we all need help sometimes. Yeah. And... I've been there. I don't like asking for help. I will admit that yeah. outright. Yeah. But you have to admit to yourself, just like I have to, if you really want this, you'll do what it takes in order to get there, yeah. and I'm here to help you. Yeah. And so I think from putting myself in their shoes and not forcing them to do anything that they no, don't want to do, no. uh, and just giving them all the information that they need, and yeah. just... Sometimes it takes a little hand-holding, and it's just like, you got this. Yeah. That's all somebody really needs is yeah. like, you got this, and I'm here with you. i got to get you some pom-poms, my friend, because you're the rah, biggest rah. cheerleader. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. All right, so what parting words do you have for the audience, advice that you would give to people who maybe they were just like you were a few <laughs> years back, where they're part-time, they're not sure if they're ready to make that leap? Like, what would you tell that person? What kind of advice would you give them? I would say... I would say sit down and map out what your actual goal is yeah. um, and try to like reverse engineer it. If you know that you want to be full time by, I don't know, X time or point of time, yeah. what is it that matters to you to make sure that you're comfortable once you get to that point yeah. so that you can fully focus and throw yourself into your work yeah. um, in order to really succeed without feeling like the world is coming down around yeah. you. Um, and then something that I always say whenever I like end one of my streams is um, just be kind to others. Yeah. But like most importantly, be kind to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And don't beat yourself up. No. You are going to have hard times. Yeah. Um, and I'm just really excited that you were able to come in today and get this done with me. Cause I think that, you know, that calm guidance, like advice is just super important for people. And I think they'll get a lot from this episode. So thank you so much, Gerard. We are going to link all of Gerard's stuff so you can go watch his videos. You have podcasts and things that you do as well, right? I do. I haven't yeah. done them in a while, but they might start back up. I think that you should. Maybe this was a nice little exercise to get you back into it. I think that so was your plan. We're gonna put all of it absolutely was. <laughs> we're gonna put all of your links and all of those things so people can follow you. They can ask you questions. I am rooting for you, my friend. I think that you are on a great track and I can't wait to interview again in a year and see all the awesome things that you've done. All right. So Thank keep you. it going, my friend. All right. Like I said before, whether you're a seasoned vet in the biz or a new agent just starting out, you'll find valuable insights and inspiration from our guests just like Gerard. So go back through the episodes and explore stories of many other amazing realtors. And we will see you next time on the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast. Thanks, everybody.